Attention, armchair quarterbacks and shower thought GMs. It's time for this week's episode of Sports Ball with Mike Meharry and Alan Mosley. You kick us off. You're the kickoff man. All right. So that means I'm the guy that loses his job after two mistakes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we should say that. We don't yeah. leave that in here. That that stays. All right. Welcome back for another edition of Sports Ball. This is episode six, and I am your host, Alan Mosley, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, and really just got all the compliments from this past week's NHL breakdown, is Mike Meharry. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited about another exciting episode of Sports Ball, because sports is fun, and most of the other stuff I do during the week isn't, so... Well, then just just quit doing all those things. There you go. <laughs> well, Problem solved. Yeah, the, then I have to quit paying my mortgage and quit buying groceries and yeah. I thought that's what your wife was for. <laughs> yeah, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we got a lot of stuff to cover yes, because we do. this week since we have not talked about baseball, and really in our defense, when we started sports ball, it's not, the baseball season was already underway. So it's you know, we we had good we have good reasons why we schedule what we schedule. Well, but it let's, is time. Let's be honest. Does anybody really care about baseball until October? It's October second exactly. now, so we can talk exactly. about baseball. Exactly. So we're going to do the 2018 MLB playoff preview as opposed to season roundup because we just don't have time for that. Right. <laughs> but but before we get to it, let's do last week recap. Mike, what do you remember from last week without even looking? Well, the first thing that I remember is watching the NFL is a lot more enjoyable when the referees keep their hankies in their pockets. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I thought that Monday night game last night with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos was a thoroughly enjoyable game to watch, partly because it was competitive and partly because, for the most part, the refs didn't make stupid calls. They weren't throwing the flag every time the quarterback got touched. And I just enjoy watching NFL football much better when the refs aren't part of the equation. So that was the first thing. And the second thing that I noticed is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense finally showed up as bad as I knew they were. They made old Trubisky look like a Hall of Fame quarterback kid through six touchdown passes, which is like the most touchdown passes since players were wearing leather helmets, literally. Yes, not figuratively, but literally. Well, I agree with you 100%. So this this past Monday night game between Kansas City and Denver, which Denver totally blew it, by the way. But it was an enjoyable game to watch. It was compared to the rest of the NFL. It was relatively low scoring. The defenses came up big a lot of times on both sides. There was running games on both sides. Yeah, there was running. uh, You know, there was excitement in the end. And there was a relatively small amount of uh, yellow litter on the field. So... Yeah, I mean, but but to be fair, we're we're talking about the exception, right? Not the rule, because well, it's yeah. still pervasive. It is, league-wide. it is absolutely. But I just, you know, it was, and that's the fact that I said that is because it stood out so much in comparison with most of the games that I've watched throughout this season. You're kind of you're kind of depressing me that the one good game of the weekend stands <laughs> out from all the crap. Well, like is that is that where we're at? That's where we are. But hey, the good news is that by making that comeback win, uh, Mr. Mahomes 
saved our pick. So that's good. We both got that pick right because uh, that is because true. Kansas City did come back and win that game. So that's well, good. Well, he, he called me last night to, to congratulate us on the <laughs> yes. pick. So, so this is true. So my last week recap, two quick ones. The NFL season is already a quarter over. Now, this is where you start to have nightmare for football fans is that it feels like it literally just started, which it kind of did. But we're already a quarter of the way through the regular season. Yep. And frankly, I don't think anyone is who we thought they were. This is such a wide open league this year. You've got a resurgent Browns that are genuinely playing some pretty good football. And then you've got teams that both of us were thinking are going to be, you know, perennial favorites have, you know, maybe, maybe they could still even be leading their divisions, but just about everybody's got a clunker at this point, don't they? Yeah, they do. It's a, a lot of early season clunkers and, and you've got, uh, uh, Chucky Ball made a. Uh, there's a little bit of life in, in Chucky Ball, kinda. That was that was an ugly game. We watched. I watched part of that. My wife is a is a Raiders fan, so we, we sat and watched that game together. And that was you know torturous. what? If there's if there's anything we learned from last night's Denver KC game, it's that Chucky Ball would have lost to both of those teams. Oh no doubt. <laughs> Chucky Ball probably should have lost to Cleveland. Let's be honest. Oh, they definitely should have. And then my last recap. You know, NCAA football, we're, we're just about a week or so away from the midway point, the midway That's point crazy. of regular season of college football. And where in the NFL, no one is who we thought they were. In NCAA, Alabama is exactly who we thought they yeah, were. Yes, they are. And so and, you and I both were, were bitching right before the episode started that when you look at the rankings, you've got some teams that have cracked the top 25 that you're scratching your head thinking, wait a minute, Virginia Tech, what are you doing in the top 25? You lost to Old Dominion. You should get the NCAA death penalty. You just don't get to have a program for 10 years. And then on the other side of it, you got teams like Notre Dame who have played practically no one with a pulse, and they're sixth in the country. And so my my rhetorical question I'll leave with you before our MLB preview is, if Notre Dame is sixth in the country, then that means they can hang with Alabama, right? What do you <laughs> think the score of Alabama-Notre Dame would be if they played Saturday? Oh, my. The first, thing that po- the first number that popped in my head was that Alabama would score 50. Yeah. I'd believe that. And uh I don't see Notre Dame scoring much. Yeah, I'm not I'm so. not well and we we've we've covered this before. I'm not a Notre Dame believer either. Uh and you know people might call me biased because I've never liked Notre Dame, but uh they're not good. Well, you've definitely got a league where the the top five and the next sixty are way far apart. Now, to their credit Ohio State and Penn State did put on a show for us, although I didn't really watch a whole lot of that show. But I flipped over back and forth, and and that was uh, that, that's that was a good game. Now, what does that tell us? Because they're both Big Ten teams, so I don't know that it really necessarily tells us anything between, you know, how they stack up with with some of the other big boys. But that was that was a good game. It was definitely a good game. I'll give you that. It what it tells us is is we're getting a chance to kind of get an idea halfway through the year of which team from the Big Ten is the favorite to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bingo. So with that, let's move on to the 2018 MLB playoff preview. Mike, I'm going to let you start with this. Now you told me before the show started that it's pretty much down to one thing 
is gonna is guaranteed to win against whoever the other one brings. So what were you saying? Yeah, I like to call our 2018 baseball playoff preview which American League team is going to prevail to beat whoever comes out of the National League. I, I think it's pretty much a given. We can just talk about the American League, and then there'll be some team from the National League that'll come loose uh, because the the American League is by far stronger. Uh, in his term, in terms of of the teams that are that are now, I was looking at some of the power. I don't know if you call them power rankings or not, but uh, the the odds to win the World Series in four of the American League teams, uh, those being the Yankees, the Red Sox, the A's, and the Astros. Those four teams were all had a, a greater chance of winning the World Series than the uh, first. Uh, National League team, which would be the Milwaukee Brewers. So, um, you know, I I think it's going to, I think that's going to play out. And and I really think it's going to come down to the Red Sox and Astros with an asterisk next to the Yankees who who could find their way in there if things fall right. Well, with with that said, because I I tend to agree with you, let's just go ahead and start with the National League. Let's just go ahead and get the National League out of the way so we can get to the really interesting stuff. So, uh, st- start us off with the National League wild card game of Cubs and Rockies. Yeah, there's going to be one. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's just totally irrelevant because whoever whoever wins is not advancing? I don't know. I mean, I you know the whole one game th- one game series thing is weird to me. Uh, yes, because, I agree. Well, obviously it's first off you call it a one game series, it's not a series. No, uh, and it's any, not. And any team can win, and, and really it comes down to which which of the the pitchers pitches the best. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I've not watched the national league enough to really even evaluate. My gut is the Cubs will probably come out of that and, uh, they'll move on to play the Brewers. And, uh, the the problem with the Cubs that they've had all season is they don't generate very many runs and that killed them in that uh, game the other night with the Brewers. you know, they had a chance to actually to, to win, so they were tied. So they had a chance to actually win and and be the team that's waiting, uh, instead of being the team in that one game playoff. And they just couldn't generate any runs against the Brewers in that one game. So you know, I don't know. We'll, you know what? Who cares? <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm just gonna say this. I believe it or not, I actually have a little bit of baseball research for you this week. Here we go. Bring and it. I and I and I'm and I'm gonna go the opposite way. So we're just gonna go ahead and make a whole slew of baseball picks in our MLB preview, and that way we don't have to make a bunch of baseball picks during our uh, weekly pick 'em. I'm actually gonna go with the Rockies. I think the Rockies beat the Cubs, and I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, on paper, the Cubs are a better team, and I don't think anyone could even begin to argue that. But since September 1st, the Rockies are playing way better baseball. They're .615 since September 1st. The Cubs are barely 500. And you know what? It's even better. The Rockies, which are the road team, believe it or not, road teams are actually 7-5 and five in world card games. Oh, they really? That's interesting. Yes, that is. I know. I, I thought that. I was like, wow, well, that— that just just because I mean on on scale the home team is favored you know what give them a run or two because they're the home team so if road teams in the wild card actually have a solid winning record then there must be a reason why like there must be kind of a quirk in the seating or in the standings where you know if a if a strong team from one division who had a who had a juggernaut team plays against 
another team who made the wild card, but it was, you know, three crappy teams and they just happened to be the wild card, then I could sort of kind of see it, right? Right. Like I could sort of kind of see how those matchups happen. So I'm going to say if there's any momentum here at all, I think the Rockies take it. All right. I'll go with that. Did that sound like I knew what I was talking about? It sounded, yeah, it sounded, well, obviously you knew way more about it than I did. Well, I mean. Which was zero. So, I mean, (laughs) the ball was set pretty low. But you, well, know. you know, you know, I I know what I said. I said I said we were going to do National League first. I lied. Let's do wild card games first. All right, I'm, I'm good. We both that. already agreed that one game series is, uh, you know, is just retarded on its face. So let's just go ahead and get the other one out of the way. Yankees and A's. You know, I think this is a. It's really a toss up to me. Um, I, I like the A's. The A's have have. It's one of those teams that's kind of overachieved, and you know they they play good team baseball. They manage their bullpen really well, and uh, they—they're kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays in a way. Uh, they've even done a little bit of the of the, uh, you know, throwing in the starter to uh, pitch pitch one or two innings. So I, I like that team, but I think the, the Yankees are probably better on paper. And here's a here's an interesting thing about the Yankees. This year they had the most win. Uh, for the franchise since their 2009 World Series championship, and yet they still didn't win their division, which is really an indication of how good the uh, Boston Red Sox have been this year. So um, I, I'm going to go with the Yankees, but it would not shock me if the uh, A's came out of that with a win. I think it could go either way. So I'm just I'm just being awful this week, so I just apologize to you up front. I'm going with the A's, and I actually have this as my upset pick of the week. So we're going to go ahead and get this one. I'm going to go with the A's. Uh, Believe it or not, the A's are 39-22 and in their past 61 road games. Uh, They lead the majors in runs, home runs, total bases. Uh, their pitching is atrocious and I think the Yankees are a good team, but the may call me, call me wishful thinker, but the A's are going to save me from having to listen to the Red Sox Yankees circle jerk for a week. Well, the A's are going to prevent it. The A's are going to Boston. Well, I, I hope you're right. I'll tell you something about the A's because I've kind of followed the American league wildcard race because the Rays were kind of sort of in it. Not really, but kind of enough where people were paying attention. And earlier in the season, nobody was talking about the Ast- or talking about the A's at all. They were talking about the Mariners. Uh, it was looking like Seattle was going to be the team making the run for that playoff spot. And then all of a sudden, toward the end of the year, the A's kind of came out of nowhere, and they have been absolutely red hot over the last couple of months. And uh, you know. <laughs> You know, I think we talked about last week that the what was it like twenty something to I don't know, I remember that football score that the A's put up. So I hope you're right, but I don't know. You know, it's Yankees postseason. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well let's let's skip back over to the National League. National League division series. So we have the uh the heavy bats of the two B determines versus the Brewers. Does the two be determined have any chance against the Brewers? I like the Brewers. I I, I kind of think the Brewers are going to be the team that comes out of the uh, out of the National League um, based now, on so based on so, my based on my <laughs> in depth research that I did. So this you're, afternoon. you're picking the number one pick. That's awfully brave of you. Yes, you like that. I'm going out on a yeah. Um uh, You know, looking at the the matchup, uh, you know the. 
when it came down to the to the uh, the game the other night with the with the Cubs, I mean the Cubs weren't even really in it. Uh, so I, I I think that the uh, I think the Brewers can handle either the uh, the Cubs or the Rockies. Um, you know, on the other side of the coin, uh, you're probably looking at the Dodgers. We'll, we'll get to the Braves in a minute, but um, I don't know. I just you know. I'm kind of going with the safe pick because I haven't been watching the National League. Let's be honest. I don't really know. So uh, this is all I'm going to say. I, you, so you're right. I'm giving you a hard time because, look, not everyone can be me and pick the Browns to win the Super Bowl every year. Right. So not everyone's got the cojones that old Allen does. But you're completely right. It's the Brewers and everybody else. The 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 fighting TBDs don't have any chance against the Brewers. This this is the only stat that matters to me. When it comes to postseason, momentum matters. In, in any sport you look at, the hot teams tend to perform in the postseason. And uh, the, the, the season-long consistency guys who have a few injuries and flame out in September, those are the teams that always go. That is not the Brewers. The Brewers were 20 and 7 in September, including eight wins in a row. It's over. It's over, right? The Brewers are going. I'm with you. Okay. Plus, I like the name Brewers. They have a pretty cool logo, too. So, you know, if you, if you, if you want to go with the fashion pick, you got to go with the Brewers. And then Braves at Dodgers. I'm just going to. I, I'm going to tell you, I, I know more about the Braves than I do, I think, anybody else in there. And so with with my extensive knowledge of Braves versus everyone, I can tell you with complete confidence the Braves are getting knocked out. <laughs> well, I'll t- I'll, you know what? I really, really like the Braves. Okay. Next year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, the Braves are a lot like the Rays over in the American League. The, the Braves, I think, you know, they're young. They're upcoming. I think a lot of people expected them to be really good in a year or two. Uh, they have kind of moved into a, a, a strong position earlier than I think most people thought, and that comes to a crashing halt in the postseason. Yeah, I can see that. Well, you know, just just like I had just said that you know teams with momentum tend to perform in the postseason, vice versa. You've always got those overachievers, right? And the name of the Braves is is that everyone thinks that they're a ball club that's on the upswing, just not not quite ready for the big time this year. They made the playoffs. That's incredible. Hats off to them. People in Atlanta should be really excited about the future. But the whole the whole point of overachievers is that somewhere they hit the wall, and the wall is going to be the Dodgers. They're going to get destroyed. And then on the other hand, with the Dodgers, you have the team that makes the playoffs pretty much every year. Is this like their eighth straight division title? It, yeah, it's <laughs> and some, can't it's ever seem to get over the hump. Their eighth straight division title, and they have played these young Brave Cubs seven times this year and took five of seven. So looking at a Dodgers-Brewers matchup yeah, what do you think, I think about that's that where it, that's where it puts us is dodgers brewers and you know it's so funny that you just said that the dodgers have won how many straight eight, eight division I titles think it's in eight a row division title. they they just haven't been able to get over the hump god this is bad news for the dodgers because they're still not going to be <laughs> no, able to get over the i don't hump. think so either and you know that but but you see that though right like there's one thing that i love about sports any sport just all all sorts of professional and amateur leagues is that you see those trends those 
uh, teams that are consistent during the season and, and can't play uh, postseason ball. You have um, the vice versa, the teams that know how to play a series, but they don't fare as well in the season. Uh, you have the teams who, uh, you know, it's it's make or break on one or two star players. One of those guys goes down and they're instantly a seller dweller. You know, think Peyton Manning with his neck problems with and he was still with Indianapolis. Right, right. So you see the Dodgers. They they just me being a football guy, they they just sort of kind of reek of like the the late seventies, eighties Houston Texans, or or even even if you wanted to go a step further, like the early nineties Bills, where yeah. they're obviously a really good team. And if they just could have like four good games in a row at some point, they'd win the World Series. But that's a that's a big ask, because I mean anyone could do that, right? Anyone could say, Well, give me four lucky games in a row and I've got a World Series. Of course, you know, if I'm going to give a little bit, a little glimmer of hope to the L.A. Dodger fans out there, Washington Capitals, because the Washington Capitals were the L.A. Dodgers of the National Hockey League. And finally, last year, they got it done. So it is possible uh, that your team that typically gets knocked out in the first or second round of the playoffs, it is possible that they could make a run, but probably not. Well... I think that I think the AL one's going to go a little bit quicker here. So let's start off with number one. It's that same team again. The 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 heavy bats of the TBDs versus the Boston Red Sox. So who did we say? Did we did we say we feel good about the A's? Well, A's or Yankees? I I want to avoid another Yankees Red Sox. But either way, do either of those teams have any chance against these Red Sox? Well, I mean. Yeah, but probably not. I don't know. I'm picking the Red Sox to go all the way just because uh, the Red Sox have been a juggernaut. They have a franchise record of wins. Uh, They've got MVP candidates in Mookie Betts and JT Martinez who led the majors in runs scored and batting average as a team. Um, They have home field advantage all the way through, and they were 57-24 and at Fenway this year. The problem that the Boston Red Sox have a weakness that they have that could get them in trouble is they don't have the best bullpen in the world. So can that bullpen lock down a leak? That's the big question mark. I think they'll be able to get it done uh, at least in this first round against either the Yankees or the A's. So I agree with you. I'm not going to give you a hard time. I th- I agree that the Red Sox are probably going all the way. I will say that if I'm just going to look at it from a perspective of the A's, I think the teams have certainly have similarities. I think both teams have an explosive offense. I think both teams have um, occasionally subject bullpens, but the A's are just the extreme in both cases. Like the like the A's can hit home runs like nobody's business. Um, but their bullpen is just absolutely atrocious. I think I think Red Sox pitching can at least keep the A's in uh, manageable run type situations. Whereas I, I don't see how the A's keep the Red Sox under six eight runs a game. I don't I don't see it. Yeah, the only thing that I will give to the A's is that whole intangible. Uh, just the fact that they have been an overperforming team all year and. They have that small market chip on their shoulder, and sometimes that type of of attitude, that type of mental resilience, can can carry you a long way. So that's that's the ace in the hole for the A's. You know, maybe they can 
uh, ride that chip on their shoulder to uh, an upset. But I think just given the odds and you know stacking up the team position by position, I think you've got, you've got to go with the Boston Red Sox. And then you have Indians at Astros. Now this one, this one's kind of interesting for me because my my dark horse what. World Series pick is Houston Astros. I, I really like the Houston Astros. I think when it comes to October, it's it's star, world star, world class pitching is what wins games in October. I think the Astros have by far the best bullpen out of the teams we've discussed, and it's not exactly like they're bad with the bats. I I really like the Astros. I like the Astros too, and that would be my number two pick. And I think an Astros Red Sox. Uh, championship game for the AL would be pretty interesting. And I agree with you. And, and a lot of times, you know, they say pitching win series. Um, and, you know, not only do they have a, a, a very deep and scary bullpen, uh, but they also have, you know, probably two of the top starters in major league baseball, baseball and Verlander and Cole. Uh, so yeah, they, you know, they led the majors in ERA, so they can definitely keep runners, from crossing the plate. And when you get to playoff time, that could be a key. So I'm with you. I like the Astros as a dark horse. Uh, you know, maybe they can pull it together and repeat. They've had a lot of injuries this year. And uh, so I'm not sure that we know exactly what this season's Astros really is if they put everything all together. Yeah, I, I feel you. So with that said, let's wrap it up. World Series, who's who? We'll we'll go ahead and give it. We'll go ahead and give give each of us two because because it is kind of a top heavy season this year. So who's your pick for World Series, and who's your who's your best guess if they lose? I'm gonna go with either the Red Sox or the Astros. Um, I, I see a Red Sox or Astros versus the Brewers, uh, and I don't really see that the the Brewers being able to beat either one of those teams. So that's that's how we go it. I think that Red Sox Astros is the, potentially the best matchup of the uh, of the entire playoffs. I think that might be more interesting than the World Series. So I agree with you. Uh, I say Red Sox Astros. I think whoever wins between those two in the uh, ALCS that's determining the World Series. And and I'll and I'll go one little extra step further and say this um, from a marketability standpoint. Everybody knows Major League Baseball loves to have a team like the Red Sox or the Yankees in the World Series. I mean, let's not kid ourselves, right? Like the NFL doesn't want, uh, you know, the the Browns playing the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, they, right. they don't. They don't want that. Yeah. So let's call a spade a spade. However, I think some people are going to complain if it winds up being Astros versus Brewers because it's just not going to have a ton of – national appeal but i'll tell you what if you're somebody who just likes to watch baseball i think astros i think astros would beat brewers i think it could go to seven and i think five of those seven games could be really dramatic so if you if you love baseball what's not like not to like about astros brewers yeah well i live in kentucky so we have no market at all <laughs> uh, and, and so i don't really care whether the uh, big markets are represented or not so i would be really down with the houston uh, Brewers World Series. Let's do it. Let's bring it. There you go. Well, I'm glad 
I'm glad that we get to decide, you know, who who, <laughs> who the participants are. So we've decided it's going to be the Houston Astros and Milwaukee Brewers. That's just how it is, sports fans. I'm sorry. And uh, I'm going with the Astros. So I, I think for at least a solid 15 minutes, we sounded like we knew baseball. Baseball people will probably argue with that, but – you know, what? well, yeah, like all four baseball people like, who listen to this program, you know, and if they don't like it, then they can start their own sports ball podcast and talk about baseball and try to do it any better. Here I were thinking you were going to say they could move to Somalia. Well, they could do that, too. Yeah, they could open a franchise in Somalia. They could. They could. Yeah. It's an international game, you know, that's right. So we're having a great time here, but it's time to get serious, Mike. It's time to move on to the segment in memoriam where Mike and I remember some people who who maybe they left us just a little too early, but their seasons came to an end before. We barely knew thee, didn't we? It's But it's already over. Mike, who are you remembering this week? Well, today in memoriam, I remember with deep appreciation Fitzmagic. He brought glory to the Tampa Bay area mm-hmm. for two games. And really, kind of a third game. Yes. He set a an NFL record. Yes. Of four straight 400-yard passing games. He brought a, He brought a little swag to the Tampa Bay locker room with his with his beard. We had. He is arguably the most popular quarterback to ever play in Tampa Bay for Tampa Bay fans. Yeah. Actually, I agree with all of that. And think think how many quarterbacks out there from different eras for sure. And think how many quarterbacks out there in the league today for maybe the the 18th through 32nd best teams in the league who their quarterback won't have 1,250 yards passing until like midseason. Fitzmagic's got it right now. And he's on the bench officially. And he's on the bench. It, it, it was made official. It's been announced. Jameis Crablegs Winston is the starter. He's the face of the franchise. He is the future. But here's a little clip of what Fitzmagic said about the magic fizzling away. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, not something I necessarily wanted to hear just in terms of, uh, you know, getting that, that taste back, that feeling, you know, being out there having fun and enjoying myself, uh, you know, kind of, creating some momentum at the beginning of the season with the guys but you know Jameis is is back and Jameis is is the guy he's the face of the franchise he's gonna do a great job uh but yeah it's not it's not like it's a a happy day for me I enjoy being out there what I said to my dad after you know how week one win and and week two and and then week three was basically the best way I could put it was I'm either gonna win the NFL MVP this year, I'll be back on the bench at some point. And I, that's just the reality of the situation. Wow. Well, you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that I think it's a bad decision. I, I understand that Jameis was the higher pick. I understand he's the younger guy and he's the future. My prediction is, I'm not saying that Fitzmagic was going to win the Super Bowl, but my prediction is that within four years, Tampa Bay is drafting a quarterback. With that Tampa Bay defense, there ain't no quarterback winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, Bay. if there's if there's one thing that killed Fitzmagic's chance of having a 16-0 season, it was having a historically bad defense. Yes, and then having to face in his fourth game, Khalil Mack. 
Oh. Anyway. Well, you know who I'm remembering this week. I've got a couple. I'm remembering the, the Mississippi State fighting cowbellers of the NCAA football. Who, which, by the way, the cowbell sucks. I hate the like, cowbells. It's only it's only good on Saturday Night Live in in Mississippi in, in Mississippi State. It's just awful. So Mississippi State is reeling from back to back conference losses. First to UK, which we all had a good laugh about until UK got ranked like 14th in the country. But we'll forget about that for now. <laughs> but they've also gone ahead and lost to a bad Florida team. But apparently they're ranked now too. So yes, what do they I are. know? But things are surely looking up for the Bulldogs. Don't you cry for them, Mike, because things are going to even out over the next few weeks as they face number eight, Auburn, number five, LSU and number one, Alabama. <laughs> so, so three more losses for the fighting yes. cowbells. I'm, I'm going to give that a 10 out of 10 yikes when you have to play three of the top 10 in the next few weeks. And, and really quickly in memoriam, the Arizona Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, after four weeks of action, are the NFL's only winless team. Not even the Browns can stop the cards from rocketing to next year's number one draft pick. Not only are they 0-4, they're 0-3 at home. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. You know, you know I'm just going to say really quick before we move on. That one actually bothers me. I've never cared for the Cardinals, but I love Larry Fitzgerald. And and you know that the sun is setting on that man's career in the NFL. I more all power to him that he adopted the city of Phoenix, that he loves the state of Arizona, that he loves the fans, and that he's given his all to the Cardinals organization for his whole career. And he's never played anywhere else. He's never complained. He's never held out for a contract. He's never tested free agency. There's plenty to admire about him, but don't you wish for like. 10 games this season he could take a mulligan and go play for the jags or something because the cardinals are going nowhere Nowhere. all right well boy that was a really depressing segment (laughs) well that's what it's supposed to be right it's in memorial it is it is supposed to be well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna admit something to you I'm going to admit something to you. Sometimes my my in memoriams are people that I like to laugh at. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. But this week it was actually people I feel sorry for. Yeah, me too. So well, let's brighten six, the mood. Yes, let's brighten the mood with week six pick 'em. Mike, college football, Red River Shootout, number 19, Texas, number seven, Oklahoma. Well, in the first place, it's kind of cool to see this game relevant again. You do you know this this team these two teams have matched up 113 times? 113 times. Yeah, that's crazy, wow. isn't it? Yes. Okay, so the Sooners looked like garbage against Army. That's fair to say. And the Longhorns lost to Maryland. Mm-hmm. So you toss those out. <laughs> I think this is going to be a close game, and you know, being a rivalry game, uh, I think it could be interesting. The Texas defense has looked pretty impressive. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Oklahoma in a close one, 28 to 24. I'm pretty close to you. I'm going with Oklahoma, 27 to 20. I think it might be a little bit deceptive. I think Oklahoma is top to bottom the better team, and it's in Oklahoma. So I think Oklahoma controls the game, but Texas keeps it interesting going into the fourth. But it's it's 27 20 Oklahoma. Now, for a battle of ranked teams in the SEC, because you know all ranked teams are equal. Number five, LSU, versus what? Did I read that right? Number 22, Florida? Yes. We're talking about Florida. My Florida Gators. 
22nd best team in the nation. Not. If you say so, I'll believe it. LSU's going to roll over <laughs> my beloved Gators. It's not going to be close. Florida's These... not good. Franks is not a good quarterback. The defense has shown a little something, but I don't think it's going to show much against LSU. I'm picking the Mighty Tigers to knock off the ranked Florida Gators 31-10. to 10. Yeah, I'm pretty close to you again. So these teams have had some really interesting battles over the last 10, 15 years or more. Um, but th- I think LSU is definitely overachieving, and I and I definitely don't think they're a top five team, albeit their fifth. But there's one team that I know shouldn't be ranked, and that's the Florida Gators. Yes. LSU wins this one 28-6. Yeah, Florida's not going to score many points on this defense, so... No, they're not. And we're moving on to the NFL, a game that is all of a sudden really interesting. Jacksonville Jaguars, which when they're playing anyone not named the Tennessee Titans and scoring more than six points, they're in it to win it. Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Kansas City Chiefs with a Patrick Mahomes who is absolutely lighting it up unless Von Miller is crushing his skull. So with all those ifs and buts in mind, Who wins the head-to-head, Jacksonville, Kansas City? I'm going with the emotional pick here. Uh, I've mentioned before, my mom lives in the Jacksonville area, so I have a little soft spot for the Jags. I'm going to go against probably what is realistic, and I'm going to take Jacksonville. I think their defense can slow Mahomes down, and I think uh, Bortles is going to be the uh, Bortles we saw against New England and not the Bortles we saw against Tennessee. And uh, I'm going to give it to the Jags 27 to 24. You're kidding me. Did you just say Jags 27, 24? I said Jags 27, 24. Why am I even on this show? I'm just going to, I'm going to, it was your idea. I'm going to skip the analysis because I have Jags 27, 24. Do you really? I do. And and I actually I, I will say this. I did waffle on it a little bit. I tend to think that Kansas City has a better a much better offense. Uh, I think that Bortles is going to Bortle it up. But <laughs> even though even though I think the Titans are just awful, I do think the Titans are a really scrappy team. And if anyone knows Titans in Jacksonville, they do this all the time. Like. The Titans in Jacksonville, regardless of which team has what record in what year, they almost always tend to be either barn burners that are last second, see who wins, or they're super low scoring defensive contests, last second, see who wins. So I'm going to throw the Titans game out, and I'm going to say that Jacksonville is really the more well-rounded team. I think Kansas City's defense is getting ready to get torched, um, not not for a million points. But I think Mahomes is going to be meeting the the uh, AstroTurf a few times, and I think the Jags take it 27-24. Now, I want to note that this is the sixth episode of Sports Ball. So we have not been doing this for a terribly long time. This is the second week in a row we've had identical picks. We ha- well, we've only we've only got a couple to go, so we're going to we're going to fix this cuz I know we're going to be we're going to be different on a couple of these. Right. I know for a fact. Let's finish the NFL. Uh, the, the Minnesota displaced cousins versus the Philadelphia. We lost in overtime to the Titans is who, who takes it. I'm going with the Eagles. I, you know what? I have forever seared in my mind 
Minnesota getting rolled over by your Buffalo Bills. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot erase that. Once it's been seen, it cannot be unseen. I think Philadelphia is going to get it together. I think they have an elite defense. Um, I'm going Eagles with, and not really a close game, 24-14. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got Philly too. I'm saying Philly 31-21. I mean, I, I mean, I guess it'll be competitive because I think Minnesota at least has some redeeming qualities. But I think Minnesota last year was a one-hit wonder. And uh, Kirk Cousins, I, I want to like Kirk Cousins, but I just don't think he's a top-shelf QB no matter where he's playing. And uh, Philadelphia, I think, has a lot of upside. I mean, they're, it's funny to be a team that just won the Super Bowl, but you got a lot of upside. But they really do. They got a lot of young, great players, and I think they're going to be good for a while. I think Philly wins 31-21. Yeah, and you know that Minnesota defense, the vaunted Purple People Eaters 2.0, is not yeah. really all that vaunted. No, it's not. So, yeah, and, and it's going to be in Philly. So we're going to give it to Philadelphia. Yeah. So we already did our, our baseball, so we're going to move on to the last one. We're going to make this the uh, the end of week six pick em slash UFC 229. Wait, wait a minute. Do we not have our upset specials? Well, I already did oh, my you gave upset your, Well, I need to do my upset special real do, quick. Because so my upset special was A's go into New York that's right. and they beat the Yankees. That's right. Okay, so my upset special, this is going to shock everybody who's listened to me rag on Florida State for the last, Uh-oh. what, four weeks? Uh-oh. I am picking the Florida State Seminoles to upset the Miami Hurricanes 27 to 24. Miami wide left. Wow. Mark it down. Yikes. Mark so it down. And you know you what? Just, this, you this just is, triggered you just triggered so many South Florida football fans. And this is based on absolutely nothing other than the Mahari gut. Wow. Well, it's a powerful gut. It is much less rotund than it used to be, but I like it. I guess we'll see if it does happen that way, then that's all anyone's going to be bitching about in that part of the world for like three weeks. Yep, absolutely. So let's move ahead because I think we have something a little bit different today. So we have never discussed MMA on this program. You know, the tough thing about having a show that only has like six episodes is there's plenty of sports out there out there in the sports ball world that we just haven't gotten to yet. And it's football season. So, you know, sue me. But wait wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. There's no ball in MMA. Well, I mean, if you're watching a male fight, there's a couple of balls, but you're not supposed to hit those, although it happens sometimes. Ah, So it's sports balls. Yeah, it's sports balls, and you want to try to keep those out of your opponent's clutches at all times. Gotcha. Okay, that show, yeah. this show took a bad turn really fast there. <laughs> anyway, so, so let's talk a little MMA, because I am an expert in MMA, and by expert, I means I know absolutely nothing. So we're talking UFC 229, which is this weekend. Uh, it's actually a great card, so we're really only going to talk in depth about the main event, the the one that everybody's been waiting for, lightweight title fight between the champion Khabib Nurmagomedov, Nurmagomedov, say it with me, Mike, Nurmagomedov. You know, I can't say it, and I really should okay. be able to say it because I'm a hockey fan, so yeah. I can say all of those funky Russian, I can't say it, so I'm just going to go with Khabib. 
so Khabib versus McGregor, lightweight championship. But it's as I said, it's a great card. You got Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis, also lightweight. Uh, for those people, for MMA fans at home, are going to know this. So Tony Ferguson was the interim lightweight champion for all of about five seconds. And then because of an injury that he sustained out of competition, he had his title stripped from him practically immediately. And it was given up to the winner of Khabib and Al and Quinta. Uh, Khabib took it, which basically everyone knew he would. Tony Ferguson definitely feels jilted in this. Uh, I'll be the first one. So we'll, we'll do a UFC special sometime down the road, but I'll give you a quick preview. So the UFC is absolute trash when it comes to uh, rankings, uh, title competitiveness, the, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas of who de- deserves and who doesn't. They've got to come up with a point system or something because letting Dana White pick favorites is just a ridiculous way of determining who the best fighters on pl- in the planet Earth are. So Tony Ferguson ought to be on that stage, but he's not. He's getting Anthony Pettis, but it stands to reason that the winner of that fight will probably fight the winner of Khabib Connor, unless, of course, they run it back and do Khabib Connor 2 or 3 or 4 because the UFC likes to do that. You all, you also have UT and Knoxville native Ovince St. Prue versus Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes is undefeated. Ovince St. Prue is a very inconsistent fighter to say the least. You got the heavyweights, Derek, the black beast, Lewis versus Alexander. I'm a 12 foot tall Russian Volkov. And on down the list you go. You've also got women's bantamweight mixed in Aspen lad, Tanya Evinger. It's it's really a good card. It may be if the fights are good, it could be a card of the year candidate. But we don't have time to talk about them all, so we're just going to stick with the notorious Conor McGregor, twenty-one and three. His only loss in the UFC, a submission loss to Nate Diaz back at one ninety-six, versus the Eagle Khabib Nurmagomedov. See, even I got it wrong. I was doing so well too, wasn't I? You were doing awesome. Keep going. So so you have the striker in McGregor versus the Sambo artist from Russia, Khabib. It's, Sam- it's your- Sambo artist. That's that Russian wrestling, right? That's that Russian wrestling. And that's really the first, last, and only story of the fight. We're not going to talk about the bus incident where Connor threw a dolly at a bus. Because if you or me did that, we'd be in jail right now. That's another one of those we'll, we'll cover in, in our UFC special. But to keep it on the fight... Two super high-level fighters. It's it's hard for anyone to doubt McGregor at this point because he's just slept so many people. But it, styles make fights. How many times have we heard that? Styles make fights. I've never heard and that. You've never heard that? Well, no. so Mike, styles make fights. Well, okay then. And And now you know why this one is the ultimate stylistic matchup. Because you have – not that McGregor has never fought on the ground in his life, but he is far and away – a striking specialist with a great counter left KO power out the wazoo moving up to lightweight versus Nurmagomedov who being a Sambo artist from, from kick American, AKA American kickboxing Academy. He is every single bit of a wrestler and an undefeated wrestler at that. So both guys, a lot, basically the same statistics, more very close to the same uh, measurables. Uh, both with amazing records, although Khabib is undefeated. <clears throat> I tell you what, 
so many times. Everyone, every, I'll, I'll give you the five-second rundown that anyone with half a brain can tell you, which is, well, if McGregor keeps it on the feet, he's going to knock Khabib out. But if it goes to the brown crowd, Khabib's going to smash him. Well, So you pretty much just took my analysis. <laughs> well, I, I know I did because I'm, I'm just sorry. But I just have to admit, everybody knows that. So let's, I'm, I'm going to go— Even I knew that. Everyone, everyone knows that. So I'm going to go a half. So really, the question isn't even what is each person's best chance to win. We know that. The question is, but how is it going to play out in a five round championship bout? Is it going to stay on the on the feet or is it going to go to the ground? Can McGregor score the knockout or does he just get grinded out in the most punishing fashion as possible for 25 minutes? Or is it something in between? All right, you want, prediction- you, you want my analysis first? G- get, give, me, give me your analysis. All right, I'm going to bring you some analysis. All right, I'm ready. This is what McGregor said. He said, I'm going to get in this cage and maul this man. That's it. Okay. I'm going to take McGregor at his word. You know why? Because <laughs> my name is Meharry. Okay. And, and I and stick you- by my Irish brethren. Okay. But, I, I thought you stuck by your gut. Well, I do that too. Okay. But let me give you a couple of things to consider. Okay. Okay. McGregor has knockdowns in half of his 20 rounds. A, okay. t- a typical lightweight gets one or more knockdowns in 7.3% of their rounds. So McGregor is a striking powerhouse. I say that he is going to get that strike early and knock out Khabib early in the fight and win this thing. And go home. Here's another interesting stat for you. McGregor's clinch takedown defense is a solid 82%. So he can defend against being taken down. I think he can stay on his feet long enough to score the knockout. What do you think about that? Uh, I If McGregor were to win, then without a doubt, that's how it would go down. I, I don't doubt that for a second. Now, with that said, I believe he will clatter him and he will crum- and crumble. I'm quoting McGregor again. I like McGregor so, quotes. So this is this the, is the dude also a, makes whiskey, which yes, and he was drinking. He was drinking whiskey in one of the pre uh, pre fight appearances, which I'm not sure is the best training regimen. Fair enough. So those are all excellent points. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all you got. Okay. Well, I'm 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 going to wrap it up for us then. So everybody knows the styles. Everybody can do the shoulda, woulda, couldas of if it's this, then it's that. We know that. This is these are the intangibles. Do, is McGregor an all-around good fighter? Of course. Does he have amazing timing and knockout potential? Of course he does. On the flip side, Khabib is undefeated. And he's been tested a few times. Not that any of his fights were necessarily close, but he's been cracked a few times. And at least to this point in his career, he's had a granite chin that has never cracked. He's taken some shots. He shrugged him off. He's threw the guy to the ground and, and wrestled him out of existence. That's happened every time. Now, this is particularly worrying for Conor McGregor because if there's if there's any stigmas about his game out there at all, it's this. He doesn't. He wants it to be stay on the feet. But he really wants the knockout because he tends to swing for the fences when he wants to get his opponent out of the cage, and he tends to gas out against bigger opponents. 
Now, when he was in in featherweight, rising all the way up to champion with his quick knockout of Jose Aldo, Connor was an absolute machine. And but he was cutting a lot of weight to get down to featherweight. So I I, I don't think it's necessarily fair to say he doesn't belong at lightweight, but it's just to understand that McGregor is the smaller fighter in this fight. Nurmagomedov is a guy who is world renowned for having had a number of weight cutting issues, um, often coming in overweight, uh, often having issues because he is a big, big 155 pound fighter. So you have a big 155 pounder versus a slim 155 pounder. And the big guy also just so happens to be the grinder and the wrestler and the mauler and you, and the smaller guy just so happens to be the guy who also tends to gas out swinging too much. I just think this spells disaster for Conor McGregor. So you're going with the Russian bot. I'm going with Russian bot versus potato man. Well, I guess we'll see. We shall. I stand by my prediction because what else can I do? Well, you know what? It it could go either way. If if Conor McGregor knocks him out in the first round, everyone who's is going to say I told you so. I mean, he's done it to everyone else. Why is that a shock? I will definitely say I told you told you so because I will suddenly elevate me to MMA expert. Of course. Oh, definitely. And if Nurmagomedov just lays him on the ground for three or four rounds before before McGregor just gives up his neck in exhaustion, everyone will say, well, I told you so. I mean, did you see the first Nate Diaz fight? McGregor gassed. Nate put him on the ground and choked him out. And Nate is nowhere remotely close to the wrestler that Khabib is. And basically so we'll what I'll say in that situation is why would you ever listen to me? I know nothing about MMA. Well – you, you know what? That's why I like you, Mary. You got your bases covered. <laughs> That's right. So you got anything else for us, or are we good? I think that pretty much covers a exciting week of sports ball. I like that we're bringing the MMA thing to the table. It's something different. Well, this is such a great week for it, too. I mean, Khabib and McGregor has been an anticipated fight for years at this point. I've been so waiting for it for at least three or four hours. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at least since earlier this afternoon, you've been chomping at the bit. That's right. For but Khabib and Connor. In all fairness, I will be paying attention now. It's it's going to be good. So, as someone who really loves MMA, even if you're a casual MMA fan, this is this is one to watch. It really is. So with that said, thank you so much for joining us at Sportsball. If you enjoyed the program, remember always you can follow us on social media on Facebook, facebook.com slash sportsballpodcast. You can go to our website where you can get caught up on episodes, articles by Mike Meharry, follow the picks, see how bad we're doing, and make sure to let us know what idiots we are, which is www.sportsballpodcast.com. And then finally, if you enjoy the show and you want to share it with other people, make, remember you can find it on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Boom. Thank everybody. Thank everybody? No. Thank everybody. We thank everybody. We thank you for listening. Well, and you know what? I thank you, Mike. Well, and I thank you, Alan. Well, there you go. So, so each of us at least have one thanks. Thanks. Catch us next week. Love me. 
You have been listening to Sports Ball with Mike Meharry and Alan Mosley. You can follow us on Facebook and leave comments, suggestions. Just go to at Sports Ball Podcast. That's at Sports Ball Podcast on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.